Nothing's funny. Yet. No, nothing. Yet. This is a this is a time to laugh. So I'm with my friends Jonathan Blevins and Katie Ruby to talk a bit about the release of Gaming in the Heroic Life, their new podcast, and anything else that they want to plug. So Jonathan and Katie, thank you guys so much for making time and being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. This is fun. Congratulations Can on you your guys book. Give you a quick. Book? Yeah. Yeah, I wrote a book. I made it. I made it to the finish line. Um, could you guys give a quick, like, one-minute bio on yourselves for anyone who doesn't know you guys or the work you do? Sure, I'll do yours. You do mine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So okay. this is Katie Ruvalcaba. She goes by Mrs. Ruby, her surname on twitch.tv forward slash Mrs. Ruby, where she does a cooking show. Mm -hmm. She is married to her super, what she would say, and I would agree, handsome husband for 15 years. 16. 16 years. 16. They have five children, ages 14, 15, 15, all the way down to three. Almost three. She'll be three next I'm week. I'm good, though. Very close. You're like two weeks off. Yep. She yeah. loves being home with them and does a lot of work on the side, does podcasting, does Is This For Kids with me, and is just an incredible wife and streamer and mother. And she's a Lions fan. I am. I'm a Lions fan. And this is Jonathan Fitzwilliam Blevins. <laughs> uh, fantastic human being, incredible evangelist, spent a long time working for the church as a youth minister and evangelist, uh, director of evangelization before branching out and starting his own media company. Uh, and now he does Twitch full time. He does this podcast with me, does this really great podcast with his brothers and this guy, Kirk Bimkirk, who played for the wrong team, but we're not going to talk about it. And it's very, very good football content. And he has a really great brother who just had a baby whose name is Chris and he's the yeah. greatest human in the whole world. And his wife, Jody, of 10 years. Wow, good job. Hey. Is way too good for him. And he really batted outside of his coverage. Or what is that? Kick, outkicked your coverage? Outkicked, yeah. Outkicked your coverage. And he's got three kids, eight, seven, and three. Wow, that's impressive. Let's go. Well done. She We're gets all the awards today. Yep. You're not married. Okay. You're married I'm, to other people. I changed his middle name. That's not really his middle name. It's Charles. No, it's not. Oh, Fitzwilliams is so much better. Um, no disrespect to Charles is out there. Uh, you guys are so joyful, and I love the the work you're doing, and like the pre-evangelization work too of taking your faith and and being creative with it, and reaching those that are kind of like eh about faith or just kind of maybe on the outside and curious. And so again, I love I love the work you guys are doing, and it's a mystery too how we all kind of got connected and, and the friendship started it's, it's thanks to the internet it's thanks thanks to technology and um and twitch and gaming and all these things and and i want to just have you on briefly to talk a bit about the book and then your your standalone podcast as well and so thank you guys first off for um contributing for reading over the early versions of it offering feedback and whatnot and jonathan you you agreed to write a forward to the book, not realizing how long a forward was, which I still don't yeah. in. I was, I was hoping a paragraph. Um, and so I, yeah, in order, like, I think it was 10 o'clock at night when I sat down, I was like, I have to get this over to Bobby. I want to be on time. And I sat down and like read all the instructions. And I was like, that is an essay. That's an essay. <laughs> and then I sent it in and then I had to like do revisions. Oh my I felt like I was back in college, but it was an absolute honor. And he can mm. help a friend, and I love the project. Yeah, you were like, I thought this was like a two sentence blurb, 
and I said, and I was like reminding you before the deadline. And you're like, yeah, I got this. This is easy, whatever. And then you texted me all caps very late at night. You're like, Bobby, <laughs> this is so long. Wait a minute. I didn't I read the instruction. And I haven't had to write anything outside of like a letter to parents at the church of, of substance in like 10 years. Yeah. So. John. Uh, you wrote a book though. Yeah, he did. I just feel like I wrote a book. John has this thing like uh, that, you know, a lot of other people who create content or who, um, who write books, right? We all have sort of imposter syndrome. You have the opposite of that. He has like, how hard could it be syndrome? Yeah. So just like, I could do that. I could totally do that. He's the only one of us who watches Simone Biles and is like, I could do that. I need a year, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He could do it too. I am all about having average Joes in the Olympics. For all of us who sit back and say, I could do that. That's easy. 100%. And then it's like, and then here's Steve. <laughs> yes. Steve's doing like the uh, the 100 meter dash in 75 minutes. Katie, is there anything you want to say about the book before we move on to your, your guys' podcast? No. Here, the thing that I want to say about the book is that I feel like you jumped into a territory that a lot of people really avoid, especially in a Christian Catholic space and a men's space specifically. I feel like a lot of the narrative that happens in the world today is that gaming is bad and you need to go outside and learn to do something else different instead of embracing what's there and the camaraderie that can be built and the tapping into heroism and all of those things the quest concept all of that is stuff that really gets overlooked i think a lot in in christian cultures and especially in men's culture so i really thank you for seeing the value in gaming and being able to turn it into something that people can relate to and also grow from instead of just sitting there and spacing out, they can view this as a way of growing. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate both of your guys's input and, and passion for the space. And that to me was one of the central things was like growing up Catholic and also enjoying video games was kind of like, I, I saw there, there wasn't a conflict. Like they could totally go together, but I had, I didn't have many like role models at all. And it's exciting for me to think of like our kids are going to have much, many more examples of you can do both. And I love, that's why I love ending with Carlo Acutis's story, the millennial who's on the way to sainthood, uh, because it's like, here's a guy who loved Pikachu and played PlayStation and is on the way to be a saint in the Catholic church. Are you a Pikachu fan? I am a Pikachu fan. Yeah. You got a side up back there. Uh, Bobby, I, I love that you, like, in a way you're forming, like, if my parents gave me this book when I was in high school, I would be tricked into liking the book and also being formed throughout it, which I think is uh, is not easy to do. I know you did that intentionally. Maybe it started a little unintentional and went super into it when you realized it. But it's one of those books where if my mom had it, I'd be, I would have been a holier person earlier in life. So I can't wait to have my kids read it with her old enough which probably is pretty soon for caleb i think so yeah but start looking up again i mean that's my prayer too is that is yeah this is a healing resource for families where this might be an issue that's not understood misunderstood or it's like a rift between parents and their kids um mm -hmm. to help parents understand like what is the draw better for kids to see like uh, to have the conversation of like okay how do i approach self-control how do i approach um, virtue and Carlo Acutis's example too of, of a young man that knew how to game well and also knew when to turn it off 
and pray and serve and and balance all these things. Um, and then there is an audiobook coming, just so you guys know, for people are that you are... I want to put the money to get either Morgan Freeman or David Attenborough, um, but probably I'll just read it. I'll probably just <laughs> have you jump, heard his jump, to, jump to that stage. John can do a great David Attenborough. I, what if John it. did it as David Attenborough? What if John did his forward as David Attenborough and oh, fooled everyone genius. who was reading it? Do it. Do it. Oh, it's a genius. Can you give us a tease now, Jonathan? Yep. Hold on. Have to find the forward. <clears throat> Get in the zone. Can you be Christian and play video games? As someone who streams video games in front of tens of thousands of people every day. <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad. Yes, I do. I do get 10 really? to 25,000 people a day in my no stream. No way. Thing, yeah. That's nuts. I had 20,000 last night it on TikTok. It looked like you were about to backhand me, but I think that was a death. <laughs> it was a death. It was a death. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes, so there is an audiobook coming if anyone... That's the number one question I get in my message box is, is there an audiobook? Because my son or my adult son will only read if it's an audiobook. Yes, there's an <laughs> audiobook coming. I hope to have it by Christmas. Um, and speaking of parents, you guys have this great new podcast you guys have rolled out, Is This for Kids?, I love your guys' chemistry, the topics, the Roblox episode you guys did recently. Super eye-opening and appreciative because Minecraft, I know, I feel like Roblox, Roboblox or Roblox snuck on the scene recently and I would have been taken by surprise by it. And just watching you guys talk about it, super enriching and eye-opening for me as a parent. Can you guys talk about the show? Um, what's your, your goal? and who you hope to reach. World domination is yep. the primary goal. That's the goal. And then beyond that, Excellent. I had a, you know, Jody and I are like, Jody in particular is super, uh, we're very careful about what our kids watch and what they consume media wise. And they're, my oldest is eight, so they're still really young. Um, and we, we just found ourselves wanting to watch things that we loved growing up and then looking for good reviews about them and like whether or not they're appropriate for our kids. And then like, ah, oh, let's just watch it. And then our kids being like super traumatized or us forgetting about crazy things that happened in Free Willy or Lion King. Mm -hmm. um, and there was just no resource out there. Like other, there's some good, you know, common sense media is great, but it only goes so far. Um, and I, I just felt like there wasn't, there's no trusting relationship there. I don't know who's writing those things. Um, and so I was like, why not be a, be the resource out there that, that parents need? You know, as a Catholic and, and Ruby is as well, we come at it at that perspective as Catholic parents, but like most people who watch the show might not know that. We mention it sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's in general, we're just trying to be a resource to all parents because parenting in this, you know, crazy digital native world is overwhelming. No one has enough time to watch all these things. We barely do. Mm -hmm. And we're doing it uh, as, a, as a job. Yeah. So that was what we wanted to do. Reach as many parents as possible to help them to raise their kids in this crazy time. Um, and hopefully the joy that we bring and show um, will cause them to do a little more research and find out that the joy comes from Christ. 
Yeah. And plus, like, mm. we're just a lot more fun than reading Common Sense Media. We're, you know, we like each other. We, we engage with the, with the community on Instagram and in the comments on YouTube and things like that. So the goal is here to create that kind of, like he was saying, a trusting relationship with the people who watch or listen to our podcast and let them know that we're not here to judge them. We're not here to tell them how to parent. We're here to give them some information and then maybe even let them know, like, here's the conversations you're going to be having with your kids. You, you might be okay with watching this content. It might be a little bit hard but here's the conversations you got to be ready for so there you go your your banter is great the content has been great we'll definitely link to it in in the show notes and it's tough because yeah you used to just kind of trust what was on tv to be kid appropriate if it was for kids and it's yeah. not really the case anymore or there was stuff in the 80s and 90s we were allowed to watch you look back on it's like oh yeah that was traumatizing <laughs> that's yeah that was probably not not okay anymore so I appreciate. I appreciate you guys don't always disagree. You don't always agree either. Almost never, and, and that the it's ones. It's almost surprising when we do. The ones that we're recording today, like there's a, a few we're going to agree on for sure, and then the rest are going to be at, we're going to be very different. I'm excited to see what uh, what you said about today. It's going to be great. But yeah, we, we have very different backgrounds, very different upbringings and different um, approaches to parenting and charisms and things like that. So it's going to be different. And that doesn't mean that either one of us is wrong. There's more than one way to be a good parent who loves and cares about your children, who wants them to approach the world from, you know, a, a, a Christian based, a Catholic based perspective. Yes and amen. And that's what I, I highlight in the book towards the end is it's a question of discernment is we sometimes want black and white rules. And it's so often you have to discern for your family, for your particular kids, because Katie, your kids are older now, John, yeah. your kids are younger. And so there's content and movies that they can handle well, as, when they get older and, and should like to not totally like shelter, but to form to engage with more mature topics and, and subject matter and have those discussions as a family. Um, mm -hmm. But every family's got to figure that out for themselves. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is there anything else going on? Any other project uh, you guys want to promote before we wrap up here? Uh, other than the gaming and the heroic life, a quest for holiness today's world. I love that. Uh, you would like to talk about the Good Egg Fund. I don't know if you've heard about this, Bobby, but I happen to be in charge of or the steward of the greatest nonprofit in the entire world called the Good Egg Fund. You can check it out at goodeggfund.org. But it's a space where people can go and request small grants so that they can do good in their own communities. And this comes from the fact that one year my, um, my community on Twitch had donated a ton of money to help a guy to be able to pay his child support so that he can continue seeing his kids. We wanted to help him out. Mm. And then other other people were like, I know this other homeless guy, he needs some shoes. I know this, you know, fa family that has foster kids that, you know, haven't had new bed sheets in years and it's coming up on winter and I want to get them nice flannel sheets so that they know we love them, but I don't have any money. And the theory is that not having money should never be the reason you don't see someone's need and do good. So we're talking about subsidiarity. We're talking about being the closest person to the problem is the right person to solve it. And so you can go to goodeggfund.org and donate to help other people do good. Or if you have something you'd like to do that's good, there's a submit submission button on there. You submit it to me. We talk about it. We figure out how to make it happen for you. Praise God. We'll definitely <laughs> link to that in the in the show notes there. The Good Egg Fund. Mm -hmm. Greatest nonprofit in history. 
okay. history of the world. And I'm aware that the church is technically not <laughs> Sorry. What are you doing? Oh, I was just talking about how this is the greatest it's, book for the virtual world. It's so good. See what I did there? It was really good. I like this uh, this this cover, too. It feels very oh. video-gamey. I was praying for a good cover. I said, please, Lord, like, this has to, because we all judge a book by its cover. And you could have some great content, but if the thumbnail or the the cover art doesn't grab you, you know, that's it. But, so, I, yeah, I'm very, very thankful for I'm surprised Jackie didn't yeah. want the cover of your book to just be a picture of you. Mm, so handsome. I tried. I tried. It was downvoted. Um, okay. Guys, Did thank you. you thank you so much. I've this to several people where it's like, there's a, the back has all of the, the recommendations. Mine is above Father Mike Schmidt. <laughs> Absolutely owned. It's the funniest part of my life right now. Please don't ever fix it in a rewrite. Just ever. like our podcast will be soon. We're coming for you, Father Mike Take that, Father Mike. Katie and John, thank you guys so much for your time. We'll link to your your podcast and the nonprofit. And thank you so much for what you're doing uh, in evangelization for young people around the world. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, my friend. I'll see you around New Year's. I'll tell you why later. All right. See you. All right. For our second segment today, we've got wife and mother speaker and author and good family friend Sarah Swafford today to help celebrate the book release. Sarah, thanks so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to be with you and I am so excited for this book to be in everyone's hands. This is awesome. Sarah, you and your family were a crucial part of the formation of the book and I'll get to that in a little bit, but um, what's the first video game you ever played? It's my favorite icebreaker question. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to date myself. You know, I'm Oregon Trail generation, but I remember so vividly the Christmas morning where the, the, the OG Nintendo was sitting underneath the tree. Um, and I remember I have brothers, all brothers younger than me. So I just remember spending hours that Christmas break playing the original Mario. And I think Duck Hunt came with it because I remember mm -hmm. the little controllers and I remember the orange gun that you would put up to the screen. And my mom kept saying, don't scratch the TV because we would just try to like move it along the TV, which is cheating, complete cheating. So uh, I think that was my first video game. My favorite video game probably is Paperboy, though. I love Paperboy. Throwing the newspaper in the mailbox is so... I don't know what the word is, but it's, I don't know. It's just satisfying. I don't know what that, that there, game is awesome. There is something satisfying. It's the same thing when you dunk a ball. There is some like dopamine <laughs> yeah. gift rush that comes from shooting down the duck, hitting the basket, yes. leveling up. It's all, it's all connected. And, it's all um, there. It's all there. yeah. So getting to know your family has been a blessing over the years, getting to watch your kids grow up and have, video games be part of the conversation because you have a good number of boys and they've had systems over the years and we've talked about these these things and you're watching your sons and, and talking with them too about like why do they game what are the types of games they enjoy the boundaries being mm -hmm. set um, the types of games it's been really like in in the writing of the book it really helped me frame it 
more than just like I love mm. this topic to like this could really be a healing resource for families because this is this is where mm -hmm. there, there can be some tension. This is where there can be some misunderstanding. Um, so as a wife yeah. and a mother, how has your experience or um, take on video games changed over the years? Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad we have four really, hours to talk about this. Really, really, big, really uh, big topic. What we... <laughs> I know. I love it. Um, well, I think just snapshot, you know, I, I do. I have six children, uh, four boys, two girls. But my it goes boy, boy, girl, boy, boy, girl. So I've raised, you know, my Thomas and Fulton are 17 and 16. And I think it's been really interesting to watch, you know, when we started letting them play video games. I mean, it was it was the original Nintendo. You know, it, I remember um, one Christmas they sold this little like travel Nintendo and it's this little bitty Nintendo and it has all the original games on it. And we bought it for them for Christmas. And I remember Swaff, my husband Swaff and I, we played we tried to beat Mario 3 the entire Christmas break. That was like the Christmas break thing. And the kids, well, along with us, we would just pass the remote around and it was so much fun. So I have these memories of them playing Minecraft, like, um, you know, doing all the, the little games like as little kids. And I understood that really easily because a lot of those games were games that we played growing up. Um, and it was so fun. And, and again, you know, you said balance and things like that. You know, it was, it, we had a thing in our family for a long time where you had to read a minute for every minute you got to game. That was like a big thing. Um, and being a 40 year old mom of six, I am gonna be totally honest and say that they don't always do that anymore, especially as they get older. Um, but they're still, they're, they've got so much school going on that they're, they're, they're lucky when they get to game to have time to have game. Cause it's funny how life just sifts out all your time. Um, because when you're little, there's the, the, social, the social thing isn't as agenda, you know, schedule isn't as, as loaded. Um, so it's been wild to watch gaming change. Um, I could spend, you know, you and I could spend hours talking about this because, you know, even as my kids got older, the quality of the games, the the visual effects of the games, holy cow. I mean, I, I we, we joke when you go back to play the original Mario, you're like, it's so pixely and like doing, 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 you know, it's, it's like, I mean, the Mario movie that just came out, I, I was like emotional. You and I talked about it, like watching it was like, this is so nostalgic. Um, but even that was like beautiful. That movie was beautiful. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is so wild. So I think that the biggest thing for me and why I am so grateful for this book is it's been a real, uh, journey for me as a mom and as a wife, um, to watch gaming I'll never forget these initial conversations I was having with Fulton, especially Thomas and Fulton, when they were like 12, 13, like four or five years ago, when it started to be like, mom, can we play this story game? And I'm like, what's the story game versus Mario? You know, and, and it's such an education as a mom and as someone who grew up in the 80s and the you know 90s that, wait, what does, whoa. You know, like standing over their shoulder, it's like, wow. And, and the thing that changed my mind on a lot of this stuff um, and again, to all the moms out there, to all the wives out there who are like, it's all just games. Like, I, I really love your chapter in here. There, you have, you have, you do such a good job of explaining this really well. But the difference, there's different types of games. NBA, you know, the the Madden versus these story game, story games versus just the the one per, like when you're the person that's like making all the decisions. You know, Fulton said it best. He goes, Mom, it's like it's like the best of watching a movie and reading a book 
because you are the main character. You are the one. And it's not just a two hour video where you're watching a movie where you're watching somebody make decisions. You're the one making the decisions. And I, I was like, wow, how, you know, so it was a lot as a mother, it was a lot of standing over their shoulder and having them show me. It was a lot of them, you know, and, and they couldn't even tell me everything. I mean, they play these story story games. They last a long time. You know, I was I was reading when in your book, you know, we were like, I think I spent six hours, didn't pee, you know? And like, it's true. Like that you get so into these amazing games where you're just blown. I was blown away by the, the graphics, the beauty. So listening to my kids, even my Kate will game with them and listening to them, they will spend full dinner conversations talking about the moral implications of what their character did in their game the night before <laughs> or like things they'll have these like all out like philosophical conversations and Swaff and I just kind of stand back and go this is new this is different um and again there, there's a lot of you know I think a lot of parents are like oh the violence the gore the sex the things like that and it's like you know we have had long conversations with them about which games are okay and which games aren't but then also just like a good movie just like a good book you know hey there's gonna be things you're gonna come across um, and like, you need to know, you need to be able to, to sift out like, okay, yeah, I can't, you know, can't this, can't this, yes, this, yes, that. So it's been a real maturing thing for them. Uh, it's been a real maturing, you know, process for us and just letting, like watching, like, okay, where are we at with this at every stage of their development? Um, but I, I do think it's, it's a, to all the wives and moms out there, it's a much bigger conversation than I hate video games or I, I don't approve of this or I, you know, this is a waste of time. That's why this book is so necessary because I have watched spiritual, emotional, and physical growth from my children from gaming, which again is wild to me. And again, it's certain games, it's particular games, you know, it's, it's a maturity level, it's an age thing. And there's so much that goes into it. That's why I hate doing this conversation in 15 minutes, but I just... I really, I mean, if I could just push people to read this book because you do such a good job of explaining what we would just spend four hours talking about, it's right here. Um, and so I, I'm just really grateful to you, Bobby. And um, I love that my kids grew up in a time where you could have, I mean, again, Fulton, the first time you and Fulton started talking about gaming, he looked at me and he's like, I feel so understood, <laughs> you know? And, and I was he's like, listen to Bobby, listen to Mr. Angel, mom, listen to Mr. Angel. He, he knows, he knows. It's like the secret that you know. Um, and so it's just been really, really awesome to watch them grow through this. Well, and you're receptive as a mom. It, it's, it hasn't been a just shut it down completely kind of conversation. You've been receptive. You've been willing to listen to them. And here, like, what, what do you enjoy about this game? And like, mm -hmm. watch them over their shoulders so you are involved. Um, and and understanding like yeah like it changes per age level and it's not the the side-scrolling mario of the 80s anymore even though those games are still being made and they're still really fun and they're fun to watch our kids wrestle with like these games are so tough yeah. it's like yeah the health doesn't yeah. regenerate you don't float up in a bubble like you die <laughs> right games were, games yeah, were unforgiving <laughs> in the 90s yes. um but yes. how um, I've, I've yeah, been in conversations with your kids of like that character in that game acted virtuously and I want there's a level of like mm -hmm. I'm inspired by that and I hope I could be that someday. So these this very interesting dynamic yes. of um, even the game characters are can be very three dimensional mm -hmm. of like that character was mm -hmm. was a traitor and I don't ever want to do that to a friend. And that character pressed right. against his fear or his 
just like in a really good book and a really good story, like some of these characters, like I've talked with your older yeah. kids about, we've had long conversations about Red Dead Redemption and like the ability to make moral <laughs> choices in that game. And it, it reflects like the, how you are treated. And isn't it interesting? Yeah. Like there are morality meters in video games. Where did that come from? Like, doesn't that reflect something yes. about the real world? Oh my gosh. Yes. So it's been a joy to like, and, and, right. and out of that, exactly. out of that too, like your, oh. as I said earlier, your receptivity to it and even like recognizing, Hey, maybe I don't like video games. Where did that come from? Mm. Like sometimes it's speaking of like, okay, there's, there's a wound mm -hmm. for me around this topic. What, where, where could that be coming from? That, mm -hmm. And those are hard questions, which is why you can't just give a blanket rules all families should have these rules for video games it's it's a discernment question so i think that that's probably one of the hardest things when the wives mothers you know girlfriends are looking at this idea of like man this is such a time sucker but then when you know when we get to understand i think it's a, the, the greatest question you can ask each other is what do you love about that like what do you love about the video games and so then it's you know we all as human beings we have our time is the most precious commodity. So to be able to really say, okay, I'm gonna do this. Like maybe your husband loves to golf. It's like, well, you can't golf and watch movies and video games and, and you just can't do it all. Or for the, the mom, you know, the wife, you know, you, you only have so much time in, in this entertainment piece of your life. A lot of us don't get much of that. And so to be really, really careful about where you spend your time and that making sure that it's giving you what you need from that spiritually, emotionally, you know, all of physically, all the things that you do with your quote spare time, because we all have so much of it. I just think to really pray through that and really get to know like your kids and your significant others of like, what do you love about that? So that you're not just constantly being like, you know, negative about it. Yeah, totally. And so you and your husband, your wonderful husband, co-wrote a book recently with Ascension, Gift and Grit. It's how heroic virtue can change your life and relationships. And we we all have such a, a, a heart for young adults and college students and people in that time of life that is so important, is so formational. Um, and the last thing I want is for people to read this gaming book and be like, see, I can sit in my dorm room all day. There's no problem with it. It's like, we need to engage with life we need to find the good in these modes of entertainment but also um not miss out on this really special time and so i just wanted to give you the floor there any mm -hmm. words of wisdom for college students young adults when it comes to this topic of of gaming or just finding that balance of the virtual and mm -hmm. the embodied life we're called to in the real, yeah. Um, I thought it was so cool that both of our books um, have the word heroic in it. And mm. I think that, that you know, what is heroic in our day and age? And I think, you know, for you, you know, for us looking at this topic of gaming, what is a hero, you know? And, and one of the things we talked about a lot in Gift and Grit was just how gritty life is and how heroic, I mean, a heroic decision in our day and age is, turn it off sometimes, you know? A heroic decision is to say, I was just sharing with some young adults that, you know, I think one of the, the most beautiful things about a human being that we, that we should all, you know, that we all like kind of want to be and also see beauty in and others is selflessness. And the grit that it takes to say, I know what I wanna do right now, but I'm gonna put that down and I'm gonna choose 
to do something heroic, which sometimes is being present, right? Being, being in a room with people and being with them and actually the, you know, the gift of your eyeballs, right? Um, you and I, when you were first telling me about joking, when, when you and I were joking, when you first said, I think I want to write a book on gaming years ago, when we were chatting about this, you know, I was telling you this story about when I was, a I I was working with young adults and I remember I was visiting, uh, the dorms and there was a group of like six guys in this dorm room playing video games. And I was with like three other women, college women, you know, and we were all like standing in the door, like, Hey, you know, like, and they were so into this game, you know, and I was like, it's cool. Like they're really into this game, but I wanted to be like, do you know that there are three beautiful women standing with me right here? Like watching you game, you know, and we were joking. I was joking with you. It's like, there's time for your, your bro time, your, you know, time where you're, you know, soldiers in a trench, trench saving souls online. There's also a time to turn around and be like, Hey, like, my life, my friends, my, I'm going to go live out this heroic, like life that I love and the beauty I see in this. I'm going to go live that out and I'm going to take what I love about this and just, and actually live it in my life. And so sometimes the heroic decision is making that decision of saying, I'm going to go be with real people. Um, and then sometimes it's saying, you know what, you know, you and I both did reform wellness and, um, I love their deposits and withdrawals. That idea of I've deposited, you know, mental, emotional, spiritual time so that I can make a withdrawal. And I think that that's a, a really great way to look at this, like, idea of gaming or entertainment or, you know, things like that. Like, I know a lot of people on their phones, a lot of young adults, I, I tell them, I'm, I'm like, if you, haven't, you, if you haven't prayed today, you probably shouldn't hit your Instagram button. If you haven't, you know, if you haven't done your hallow, like I always say my hallow exercises, you know, like I have my hallow routine, you know, if I haven't done that yet, I probably shouldn't be hanging out over on a social media app. Amen. So I, I really think that it's kind of one of those decisions with gaming too. It's like, oh man, I'm just going to put my feet up and I'm going to play me some Mortal Kombat or I'm going to put my feet up and I'm going to do this. But I think it's really having that, that moment of like, have I done the heroic things in my life? Like prayed you know, got some fresh air, worked out, hung out with my people, you know, make it a form of like entertainment and a form of, I'm going to, you know, do this as like a part of my life that makes me come alive and not this default of, well, there's nothing else going on right now. Or, oh, well, I'll just, you know, like you said, you know, I can stay in my room and game all day. It's not going to hurt anybody. You know, it's like, no, for sure. It's not going to hurt anybody. But like, are we living this heroic, balanced, selfless life where this aids in that because it makes you come alive? And it doesn't numb something or distract something uh, that, that is aching in you. You're not using it as a drug. It's actually an upper for you to feel like I've come alive and I've, you know, I'm almost like living this amazing life where I then want to take these goods and live it in my real life. I think, I think when you start seeing gaming like that, which is something that my kids have, it's been really beautiful to watch. I've had some really cool conversations with my, especially with my Fulton about, you know, like there's this one story game where you make decisions and this other character watches you make the decisions. And he was, and he, and then later on in the game, they make decisions. And he pulled me aside one day. He's like, can we, can we talk? And I was like, yeah. He was probably 13. And he goes, I get it, mom. Like, you know, when you say things like, hey, everyone's watching you. Like all the other kids, siblings, like when you say that, when you do that, when, you know, like, could you, like I told Fulton one time, I was like, could you please help me parent? Like they're watching you. And he was just like, oh, you're talking about. You know, you know, and then he plays a story game and he's like, I was forming her. She was watching me make decisions. It's just like you're saying, mom, like it's amazing. So I just, I think that, you know, the more we can use games to like be that component that we need, that heroic 
component where we learn and we navigate life and it's building us up that I mean when we can see it like that and, and use it not as a crutch but as part of our heroic life then I think we've figured out the beauty of, of gaming and figured out that balance <clears throat> man yeah I thank you so much for that uh it reminded me of way like years ago when we only had like one or two kids and Jackie was <laughs> gone for the weekend to travel and speak and the kids were in bed and I was finally going to get some like video game, like me time. And I <laughs> look, like looked forward to this all week and yeah. I get settled in. I get my box of cheese. It's ready. I'm like <laughs> ready to go. And my friend yeah. called and I was in California at the time he was in Florida. He had just lost a baby. They had a, a like a, oh. a, an infant loss, like right, like at the due date. It was like horrible. Yeah. And I, he, I was the only one awake in his, for his like time, like looking at who's actually awake, who could I talk to yes. late at night on a Friday. Oh. And it was this moment of, of this like millisecond of like, oh man, like this was my me time. I've looked forward to this. And that small mm. H heroic, like, yeah, get over yourself. Like this is more yeah. important and yeah. just let him talk. Just, just pick, answer the phone. And allowed him to unburden himself for mm. an hour. And there wasn't even much for me to say. It just was to listen to him. Just to be the one guy that's going to totally. listen to him. And oh. this is where, like, games, it's it's a lesser good. It's a be They're a beautiful form of yep. entertainment. They can bring us together for community um, activities. Um, but there's to engage with life, to engage with the people in front of us is, is so important and to not lose that along Absolutely. the way. Yeah. I balance, you know, like that's what we, we tell our kids, you know, they're like, this is a form of entertainment. It's awesome. Just like books and movies and social media and all the things. Um, but you know, I, I said this for years, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. He always says, if you can't control your money, it will control you. And I've mm -hmm. used that. Like if you can't control your emotions, they will control you. If you can't control your phone, it will control you. And I think ga gaming's right in there. You know, if you, you need to be the boss of gaming and how much you use it and how it affects you, how much is too much, um, whether it comes to the amount of time or the level of the intensity or what it is. And that's why, you know, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to all the like Catholic Christian gamers out there. And even the gamers, you know, out there that maybe don't have faith that are, are designing these games to bring out the, the greatest of human flourishing. And then for us to, use it in balance and in moderation and making sure that, you know, we're being capital H heroic uh, with all of our decisions. And this is just part of it. Phones aren't bad. You know, phones aren't bad. It's emotions aren't bad. Money's not bad. It's all neutral. It's how you use it. And I think that that's the message that we have to get out there. It's not all bad. We don't burn it all to the ground. Um, we live in the world, but not of the world, right? We're not afraid. We're not afraid. We tell our kids all the time. We're like, we don't want you to be afraid of the world. We want you to learn how to navigate the world. And that's the, the best way to do it is to say like, okay, this is good. This isn't, uh, this is, this is helpful. This isn't, you know, and learning how to navigate that as teens and young adults is really hard, but you got to do it. It's part of, it's part of maturing. It's part of growing up. Amen. Sarah, thank you so much for helping the book along, for encouraging me behind the scenes, for writing a blurb oh, and for being part of the little book launch shindig here. Oh my gosh. I'm, I was so honored to get the pre- pre-read I was so honored to get to endorse it and I'm so excited because I know like you you know I do a lot of ministry and people be like do you have a 
like a resource on this. And I'm like, finally, finally, uh, there's nothing like this. And Bobby, I'm so proud of you and I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for all the time and sacrifice that you put into writing this book. It's gonna help so many people. Uh, I'm so pumped. Thank you so much. All right, for this next segment, I have a good friend, Claire Couchy, to talk about gaming and the heroic life, the topic of video games, etc. So thank you for joining me for this medley episode where I'm having all sorts of friends come on just to celebrate the book launch and then talk about their own journey with video games. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. And it's been such a joy to see you work through this book and what it's become. Yeah. Thank you. So Claire's story and her ministry is featured in a previous episode with Jackie. Go back and listen to that, please. We'll link that below. Uh, Claire, what is the first video game you ever played? Sims. The Sims? The Sims. Okay. And I didn't, I would not have even considered that a video game until now, like learning more about video games. Yeah. No, I've, I've talked to women in particular, but I played The Sims, but women are like, oh no, I don't play video games. And then what about The Sims? And it's like, oh, I've spent hours in The Sims. It's true. It's true. And I think that's a huge thing. Just finding out that game, at least for me, that games are, are if you have a phone, you're playing games, most right. likely. Yeah. So that was very eye-opening for me, that I was a gamer. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's all around us in, in, in a wonderful way, mm -hmm. because we go to it for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you for your encouragement behind the scenes because this book was a long time coming. There were stumbles and moments where, as with any book, any project, you're like, oh, I, I want, you want to quit. You, you don't want to see it through. Or you're losing just the vision of why you're doing this. You're getting discouraged by your own self-talk. And you were very much like continuing to push me to completion. So, so thank you for that. Of course. I, you're an expert in gaming, and I think it's just been amazing. I've learned so much about gaming through you, and this book is needed now. Yeah. It really is. Our culture needs it because if you don't game yourself, you're living in a virtual gaming world, and it needs to be talked about. Well, and if you're not gaming yourself, someone you love does. Exactly. And I wanted to ask you, what's been your... Uh, evolution for lack of a better word towards video games like have you have your thoughts changed about them as the years have gone on they definitely have so I my first memory of gaming I didn't realize the sims were games but my brothers uh, would play I think it's call of duty mm -hmm. the yep. shoot so I thought it was just shooting people mm -hmm. and I had such an aversion to it and I would just push, almost push them away. Our relationship with my two younger brothers, it was, gaming was a roadblock for our relationship. And then it was about two years ago, I listened to a podcast talking about gaming and the beauty of gaming and how there's always something deeper, a deeper longing with gaming. And you touch upon this in your book, the, the community, the mission, the identity that there's, um, a longing in our hearts that, as St. Augustine says, that there's a deeper longing that and we're restless until we have that. So hearing that and then hearing the amount of people in the gaming world, yeah. which is over 1 billion people, and I'm sure it's rising, and then the statistic that most are men, 35 
years or younger, so male, 35 years and younger, and then realizing that my husband and my seven-year-old son fall into that statistic. Mm -hmm. So I need to be equipped in that conversation and um, just delve in. So my heart slowly and gradually opened to the gaming world, and now my son loves Mario Kart and to delve in instead of pushing him away. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up apologizing to my brothers because I saw the beauty, um, and it can be such an entry point too. Just recently, I went to Rome on a um, pilgrimage, and there was a driver, we needed a taxi, and he was really hardened. Um, and I got in, I was with five people, so I was stuck in the back, and you know the Roman roads, they're insane. Um, and he was going so fast, but he would, you could tell he was just not wanting to be talking with us, cold shoulder. We asked him a few questions, nothing. But as we were racing down um, the Roman hills, I said, I feel like I'm playing Mario Kart. And there was a physical change in him. In, that, in, the, in the driver. In the driver, yeah. yes. So that I saw firsthand how gaming can be an entry point, especially as Catholics. That's awesome. And you happen to also go to Assisi, the church where blessed Carlo Acutis is entombed. I did. And that was a pivotal moment. Um, I was able to bring the cover of your book and it was just seeing a young man who was our generation, yep. mm -hmm. a saint, and who practiced that discipline, who loved um, culture and gaming and dove into culture and to be raised up to the holy life, that sanctity that we're all longing for. And I think that's, I just heard recently that um, we're, we aren't given a mission, we are the mission. Mm. And just to have children who are gaming have that reality that they have a mission in life because there's that longing that they all have. And it's, it's complicated. As many people as there are, are, are approaches towards video games because mm -hmm. there's wounds and there have been moments of like, this is not a healthy hobby or this is, you're, you're, we have like one way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even that judgment or that it can alienate people. And what a beautiful also story of reconciliation for you and your brothers there. Where is this like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I, I realize how this was um, not even like intentional maybe, but this was dismissing something that you found important. And there's rooms, there's room on all sides to learn for those of us who maybe it becomes obsessive or, or it becomes something we can't say no to. It's, we have to also have that, those boundaries. Mm -hmm. So as a, a wife and a mother to men gaming, mm -hmm. like that's, that's a balance, you know, like, have you ever had to have like conversations with, with your, your spouse about this or is he pretty like, he knows how to regulate his usage? When we were dating, yes. And I think a big thing as a woman, a wife, a mother is to ask why, mm. like why, what do you like about this game? Why? Because it does reveal a longing in the heart, whether to be the hero, whether it's for that community. But those discussions are important instead of just coming on the offense yeah. to ask what what is it you like about this game? And that reveals um, a longing in the heart and also to encourage, especially as a mother, reality. Yeah. 
with, with children and with, with my spouse too, but that reality is always better. And to anchor both my husband and spouse, my husband and son into reality yeah. too. As, as the way only a, a wife and mother often can, you know, cause we get lost in these worlds, mm-hmm. like one more round, one more race, like, okay, one, one more battle and an hour becomes two hours very easily. And that's why I love Blessed Carlo's example of like, it's the Catholic both and of mm-hmm. a foot in the virtual, but a foot also in the, the incarnate world, mm-hmm. we, the embodied world we're in. What would you recommend with wife, like as a wife and mother mm-hmm. in discussions with a spouse or a child with gaming? If you do see an obsessive tendency or too much time spent, what, what are, what's a conversation starter you would recommend? I, I would come out the gate with an interest, even if you really don't care, but at mm-hmm. least to show like, why do you love this game so much? Tell me about the characters. Tell me about why do you go to it? Because it could be the community. It could be the sense of purpose and mission. It could just be the beauty and the exploration the game offers. So to not come out at dismissing or or a tone of, of nagging where it's this, yeah, offense, like looking down upon this thing, because you may see the dangers. Mm-hmm. You may see some legit, legit like True. red flags or concerns, um, but it's always like how, like how am I broaching this topic? And so to show genuine interest, because you care about the person mm-hmm. who's playing, and then out of that and out of being received, the, the spouse or the child is more likely to open up and hear, mm-hmm. hey, let's go outside. Hey, let's go spend some time doing this thing. And mm-hmm. to navigate it that way. And then if there needs to be a harder conversation, you know, there, mm-hmm. don't be afraid of having it. Like your marriage is your primary vocation. Exactly. Like you're there, we're here to get our children to, to heaven. Like, mm-hmm. and so to take that seriously and even good things, um, video games, sports, music can all be overdone, can all be made into an idol. Mm-hmm. So be not afraid if there's a hard conversation that needs to happen because video game widows are a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, some games do let like tend, especially if we have a more, addictive personality so true. we can get stuck and so we need sometimes people to say hey um, i'm worried about you or this is great this is good i see what you like about it let's just make sure to keep everything in balance and mm-hmm. and grow in self-mastery and virtue it's true that's beautiful advice thank you yeah claire couchy finding philothea her ministry will be linked below gaming and the heroic life out now thanks so much claire Thank you, Bobby.